It is the season three premiere of the Chicago vs. United audio podcast, Your Chicago Scene Salvation, featuring interviews with the premier tastemakers in the Chicago nightlife community. My name is Jaima Black. I host this podcast every week at chicagoverseunited.com. You can also follow the show online at facebook.com slash dynastypodcasts. This week, I'm joined by returning guests in our new recording facilities, Chicago's esteemed Gravity Studios, by nightlife photographer Tyler Curtis of Darkroom Demons and writer-slash-blogger Veronica Murtaugh of Cream Team, both of whom have been selected by Lollapalooza to provide official coverage of the annual summer festival. Tyler and Veronica, thank you for coming up again. How's it going? Hello, Podverse. I know. Summer's just started, but I know both of you guys, you've been really busy. It's been clear on your Twitter feeds online and everything like that, looking at your sites. What have you guys been up to, like either recently or even since I last had you on? Well, I just got back from the Do Division Festival a couple blocks from here. Weather's been horrible. It rained about every other five minutes, but... But only for like five minutes at a time. Yeah. We got to check out Hood Internet last night, who are local and great DJs and some friends. This afternoon, saw Warpaint for the first time and thought they were great and they'll be back for Lollapalooza. And I heard that the Hood Internet set was pretty, like, epic. There was, like, My Gold Mask, BBU, You know, they right? actually did something for the first time, which I thought was brilliant. If you're not familiar, they kind of do these mashups where they'll do indie rock over hip-hop, some classic tracks, some new. They've done re- or mashups with My Gold Mask track Bitches, one of BBU, a hip-hop group's tracks. So mm-hmm. for Lollapalooza the- artist, BBU. Lollapalooza, yes. local um, Lollapalooza mm-hmm. artist, yeah. So they brought each of those bands up to play that track live over the Hood Internet's mashup version. and That's super cool. And right when My Gold Mask started, if you've never seen them, they're, Greta, the vocalist, is very dramatic. You know, she has all her black eyeliner sure. and black clothes. It just starts pouring down rain the second she starts singing. It was where you can't even take your umbrella out, so everybody's just dancing in the street. It was, it was great. That's how I felt at last year's Lollapalooza. Lollapalooza last year, White Lies from the UK opened the first day yeah, on the uh, North Stage. I saw that. I was and it was like raining and i was like this is the perfect atmosphere if it was like sunny and 80 it wouldn't work but ruined my phone man it was it was totally the right atmosphere for that time so how have you been tyler i know you're out all the time too good uh we've had a a really good weekend we had pharrell in it super fun party at j bar on Wednesday. so that was kind of rad running that dj mano and and holt are the music directors over there was super Mm -hmm. fun a super fun party i haven't been there yet and it seems like that party is really coming up and it's doing something different i think that there's probably the best night in chicago for a mixed crowd really uh from urban to the white hipsters i mean it, it's whipsters. the best the whipsters yeah it's the absolute best marriage of the two mm-hmm. uh because mano it has such good inclinations musically he's not afraid to play stuff that everybody likes they just move it through and mark moran and chelsea who run the party are brilliant not only filmmakers and style makers you know with the rsvp gallery but they just they know how to bring the people together and they're attracting the right kind of attention we had the glee cast in the week before they just absolutely jammed out until they were kicked out right and then Pharrell came through, and we've had uh, we had Otis Sight from New York, who's a, a white rapper from Brooklyn that is, in my mind, a total upstart and someone that needs to be watched. And we've had a couple other people come through. It's starting to feel like some events in Chicago are starting to turn into the Taco Bell menu, where there's four <laughs> ingredients, and people are just wrapping them up in different tortillas. Yeah. And that's nothing against the artists in Chicago, but I feel like there's starting to be a lot of the same ground being tread in terms of things being presented. Yes and no, especially in downtown nightlife circuit, we have to be careful because there is such an over 
oversaturation of suburban influence now because that's mm-hmm. where the money's coming from. Oh, yeah. A lot of sequin shirts with cursive on them. You know, that's forcing people to find, okay, there's got to be some sort of levy that's got to break. And the way that we got to break through is kind of breaking the mold. And I think these guys are doing it. But I understand exactly what you're saying. I have seen it. Trying to do too much is never a good thing. Well, you know, I think there's sometimes reasons for that. I know what you're talking about. And I see that in, <laughs> in this neighborhood in Wicker Park where I go out a lot. I think it's kind of there are certain people that have become very successful at what they do on their own nights. So, you know, there's not necessarily the money that there was a year or two ago for event promoters to be bringing in these out-of-town DJs and weekly or monthly guests. So they're going to the local people who do have a successful following, have done their own successful nights, putting them on the bill, bringing their crowd in. But then what you get is you had a lot of fun at that person's night, but it's not quite as unique because those certain people are playing at everything else. (coughs) Team Bayside. (laughs) I see why it happens, but I don't really know what the solution would be. It's something that, you look at Darkwave Disco. When Darkwave Disco started, they were bringing in like Uffy, they were bringing in teenagers, they were bringing in Felix, the like sounds, Tommy yeah. Sunshine, the sounds. Every month Mishapes, was like yeah. misshaped. Somebody who would be on the cover of Herb, you for know, sure. or spin, or spin, yeah, <laughs> you know. And now I don't think that that kind of party, at least not tonight, could happen on a regular basis. No, you not know? anymore. I mean, mm-hmm. the losing of Sonatech and the dumbing down of that we know as beauty bars has hurt significantly just that whole vibe to me. I refused to check into Beauty Bar on Foursquare and kept checking into Sonotech for a month. <laughs> but, um, I mean, and yet I've, I like I've been there almost every weekend and I have a, I have a good time. Yeah. A lot of friends do nights there. I mean, I, of course. I can't complain about having fun when I'm there. But I think the one thing that they have going for them that's really strong is their affiliation, obviously, with the empty bottle. So you do get a lot. Two Division's a good example. Sure. I think Yacht are playing there later tonight. Cut copy um, came through. Cut copy, yeah. You know, so they do get a lot of who like who might play. And now that there is no Sonatech, a lot of these electronic acts, for better or mostly worse, are playing their shows <laughs> at the empty bottle. Yeah. So then they go and they do a DJ set later yeah. on that might be cheaper. The thing about Beauty Bar that I think is interesting is the maybe wall. the first night, yeah, <laughs> maybe the first I was there, I was with a couple of friends who we used to hit Sonotech all the time when it was Dark Wave, when it was an original incarnation. And we were standing there, we were trying to place what felt off about it. And I'm like, it's too fucking light in here. Mm. It's not dark enough. I'm okay with pinks and fuchsias and, and all that stuff. It, it's it felt the wall so bright. Me. It's the wall that boxes everyone in the back. Yeah. That to me but it sort just... of makes it feel 50% bigger now that that wall's there. It I does, mean... but it also smells like a fire trap. And You know, <laughs> you know what it smells like? The basement of Crocodile. Oh, Nice. I used to live in a house that smelled like that all the time. It's called a fraternity house. So one of the things that both of you guys are involved in, in different ways, Lollapalooza. It's something that obviously is a huge event in Chicago. And really, if you're involved in any kind of media, entertainment industry, even underground culture, blogs, anything, it kind of reaches you. And you guys are both doing some kind of coverage for Lollapalooza, maybe in different avenues. Do you want to talk about that and kind of how that came together for you? I got involved with Lollapalooza the first time with Chicago Scene, and Chicago Scene didn't even know what Lollapalooza was. Um, it was <laughs> just one of those things where I used credentials. Well, it's kind of like, an underground secret thing. Yeah, absolutely. Small small concert in the park. And, right. uh, and then we ended up working for Q101 one year. There was one year in between when we launched Darkroom Demons, we were also being featured by Gen Art across the country with a bunch of other nightlife artists. So they had kind of really taken care of us. Charlie Jones and Perry and everyone mm-hmm. been in the same circles in those rooms because of the event shoots that we did. And they really took care of us so that we went on our own accord. Last year, they wouldn't even take our phone calls or our emails. It was one of these things where you just feel 
that blogs have no pull. Are we real writers? Are we real contributors? Are we tastemakers for real? Right. I don't know. It was a bitter moment. I did go and get extremely hammered for the entire weekend. But you got to go on a helicopter last year. And then there was the helicopter. <laughs> Which no one else got to do. I yeah. mean, um, for whatever you didn't get to do, you got to ride a fucking well, helicopter. Well, basically what happened was I bitched loud enough to enough people that sure. had enough connections that I got a phone call on Sunday afternoon. I didn't even have my gear with me. I was just hanging out. And the phone call was from Peter Castis, who is the head guy of the firm, which is one of the biggest music management oh, yeah. acts in the For country. Sure. He called me and he's like, I'm working with Perry. He goes, can you go up in a helicopter today? And I said, uh, yes. And he goes, well, I'll pay you. I said, well, I've never shot from a helicopter, so let's hold off on the money. Let's, let's see, see how what happens. Come. Let's see how let's it Let's see happens. if I stay in the helicopter. And so I had my wife at the time grab as much gear as I had, and some of it was actually in the shop. So kind of made do with some stuff. And I drove down to Lansing, Illinois, and waited for hours for a storm to pass. And then we shot up to the city. We were actually the stunt copter that flew over Jane's Addiction and also took pictures of the grounds from up there. Yeah, it was pretty fucking radical, man. That's insane. So what do you? So what's the story this year? Because you're doing event coverage. This year, isn't? we're actually integrated with Do312.com, which just launched on Tuesday. That is a site that is a music event integrated calendar site lined into your email, your Twitter, and your Facebook and helps you weigh out your options in the city. They're actually participating with Lollapalooza on the level of the DJ contest. Okay. So all sure. the DJs that are trying to fight for that coveted super spot, the next American DJ or whatever it is, they have to create their artist profile on that site and then people vote on it and then they'll be chosen by people like Team Bayside, Danny Deal, a lot of other people, like Crossfader Kings and on there. Sure, sure. So we're tastemakers with them. So that's how we're integrated. We have not been told if they want our content. We just know that we're allowed to kind of do what we want to do this year. I wonder if there'll be enough people to apply because there's not a whole lot of DJs in the city, especially aspiring. Uh, there's a lot of already. Yeah. No, have you, have you oh, looked God. at Twitter? No. Every, oh. Well, okay, the Ghetto like, Division guys have all, all, like all applied, thing, but have... almost every, nearly every one of them individually. So like you'll click on the page yeah. and you'll see here are 10 plus people's I've things. Seen. My buddy Michael Wing, who does Midnight Conspiracy, they had an event page where they had an open slot to DJ and it wasn't a Lollapalooza type event. It was just a regular party. And like we have one open slot. If you're a DJ, you can apply in the comments below. I mean, just 40 SoundCloud yeah. mixes. And I didn't recognize a single name, but just every kid was like, here's my mix. Here's my mix. I was like, wow, is that where we are now? Yeah, I actually went through and I'd seen a couple friends supply stuff, but I mean, I didn't know who any of them were. And I saw one from as far as like Thailand. Okay, well, that's not really local, dude. <laughs> Define local. <laughs> Cream Team, that's a newer thing where you guys are going to be involved with Best all of the Best ever. Yes. Our engineer who's taping this for us right now, I sent him an email and I'm like, yeah, this week I'm going to bring in Darkroom Demons and Cream Team. And I made your link creamteam.com instead of creamteam.tv. And I guess that's a very different type of site. Yes, it is .tv for the music, .com for the, for the goodies. For the cream. Bow, bow. <laughs> yes, uh, we're involved with Lollapalooza, I guess, officially, if you will, for the first time this year. Last year, I tried to go. I applied for press credentials last year through Cream Team just on a whim to see if I would get it, and I didn't, which on one hand, I wasn't surprised, but at the same time, I was kind of like, this is my city. Right. Do you not know who's doing stuff in your city? So I ended up going with Chicagoist.com that I was also writing for. It was a lot of fun. I went with the music editor and the editor-in-chief, and we did daily recaps, and it was a great experience. So this year, they were doing, it was like a poll where you go and you can enter your three favorite locally based blogs and then I guess mm -hmm. whoever got the most votes they selected there was never an official list yeah, of everyone who posted win, who won um, the names that I, I just know. saw it all on Twitter that day so a cream team that I know of was selected alongside Gaper's Block a great very all-encompassing site Heave Media and Loud Loop Press both um, of whom are newer yeah. Hmm. So I'm not sure if there's more outside of that. If so, um, I'm kind of waiting. <laughs> I'm kind of waiting for Lollapalooza to be like, 
vote for best local podcast to cover Lollapalooza. Because I don't think that there would be as many entrants into that. And I want to kind of be like, you know. That's true. We need to get you in there. Eight, I know. I mean, I'm second. already. Well, you're already there. I'm probably already going to be there and I'm probably already going to be recording. But that's for other outlets who I'm happy to be there with. I really appreciate that opportunity. It'd be very cool to do it independently and be recognized for the. Right. The instead of under things. an umbrella corporation. Absolutely. Well, yeah. yeah. And that's the nice thing about the poll. I'm not sure exactly how everything will pan out. It's very recent, just like two weeks ago that yeah. we were contacted. So what they've assigned us all to do is we were asked to kind of pick some names off of the list that we like. They kind of made up a schedule and we're going to be writing some previews for the site. I guess we can kind of talk with bands if we want to put That's into cool. our preview, post video, whatever we can kind of get our hands sure. on. I think they want to gear it towards doing things that are maybe a little bit multimedia and then also writing based just to get buzz generated about some of the artists that we personally as people in the city and mm -hmm. people tuned into music at Lala would suggest that people might seek out. And they've already started doing it. I know that Consequence of Sound and I think I saw The Fader had been writing some. Mm -hmm. All right, so there's like a big pool, not just limited to Chicago, but you know, it's everything from the headliners to the little band. It's really trying to get people to go out and pick out some of the names that they might not have heard of. Now, one of the things I wanted to ask both of you is one of the big success stories is 2007, Lady Gaga played a set on Lollapalooza. No one knew who she was. Nobody showed up in 2007 like, I'm going to go see Gaga. Forget everybody else. And then years later, she's marginally larger. Who are some of the artists Wasn't that- she 2008? I thought it was 07. Was it 08? Tessa, what do you think? I think it's okay. 08. 08. It was yeah. only two years ago. She went from a, to the BMI stage to fucking her own stage that's going right. to cost $150,000. Sure. That's it? Yeah, that's it. <laughs> Um, it's going to be in space and you're going to watch a simulcast. <laughs> Fast Company, which is the creative business magazine that comes out monthly, they just did a list of the 100 most creative business figures in the world and Lady Gaga is number one. Oh, yeah. What does she do that's business oriented? Uh, she's Lady Gaga. She's an image. Okay. Yeah. She's a brand. She's Are you a bitter an anti-Lady Gaga? Um, no, <gasps> not really. I honestly just kind of like, eh. <laughs> Like, I will watch her there because I want to see the spectacle of Lady Gaga, but I'm not, wouldn't necessarily say I'm a card holding fan club member. Well, I think she'll put on a very visually interesting show, and I look is, forward to seeing that. It is a whole thing. I mean, I saw her in January. It's pretty mind blowing. The question that I wanted to kind of get at, aside from whether we're Team Gaga or not, is Dan Black. That's the answer. Dan Black, absolutely. Yeah. Like, who are some of the acts that people might not know when they're walking in the gates this year that a year from now, people are going to be like, oh, shit, I missed that dude at Lollapalooza last year. I wish I knew I could have seen him. Edward Sharp and the Magnetic Zeros. Okay. For sure. I mean, he, he was a big draw at Coachella, but everyone I talked to has never heard of him. And I think he's doing some really important music in terms of this kind of drunk, desert, acid-taking, honky-tonk, really great feeling stuff. Obviously, Dan Black, I mentioned earlier. I Dan think Black is great. He's, he's a dear friend of ours, and we think that he is the next big thing. I he, had him on one of our podcasts a couple weeks ago. Did you? He's Cream be Team loves Dan Black. You know, I don't think it's necessarily one of the more under-the-radar names, but I think it's maybe a little bit of an interesting addition to the bill that a lot of the younger people coming out won't know. Jimmy Cliff. Oh, yeah. I think it's absolutely fantastic. That's you know, so did cool. the whole soundtrack for The Harder They Come 30-plus mm -hmm. years ago. I'm really looking forward to seeing him live. I don't think it's a chance that a lot of people will get that often. Uh, let's see who else. You know, I'm a little sad there's not more hip-hop on the bill this year. I'm looking forward to seeing Bob or B.O.B. But we don't have any big mm -hmm. hip-hop uh, grandstanders. No. Stage. I was glad. really surprised that like when they had the game where you fill in the blanks, I just kept saying that, you know, one of those up top has to be hip hop. Yeah. Like there's yeah. nothing. Nothing. Then it wasn't. Uh, such yeah. a disappointment. My personal taste. When I was 14 years old, I'd be very excited about Soundgarden headlining Lollapalooza. Oh yeah, but not anymore. Where's the cure, dude? You know? Yeah. I mean, and Green Day are so neutered yeah. at this point. It's and like, yeah. The strokes are about the most boring thing you can see on stage too. I love Julian Casablancas, but they're not going to move. I'm excited about Gaga. On a personal level, I'm excited for a lot of the Chicago bands who I've seen live before, but I'm still 
happy that they are going to be on those stages. BBU, Skybox, Company of Thieves. I think that there are a lot of Chicago bands that got left out. Oh, yeah. I think Empires. This are, is Versailles, Empires. Yeah, yeah, for sure. There's just so much talent that should be featured there. Apteca are great. They get labeled under shoegaze. They're not necessarily shoegaze, but they just do this huge, fuzzed out alternative throwback. Disappears are another good band in that Disappears, kind of vein. Yeah. I would love to see some of the artists from the Hozak label. I don't really think they're necessarily Lollapalooza geared, but if we're going to have names Harlem and Warpaint on the bill, then maybe to come. I mean, they're probably a little bit more pitchfork oriented, mm-hmm. but the Smith Westerns, Mickey, I think they're just some Smith great, Westerns, sure. really young, vibrant, wild, and probably usually drunk as hell punk acts coming out of the city right now that I hope eventually get the chance to end up on the one of these larger stages. The yeah. <laughs> 10 songs in 10 years. Now, Lollapalooza, obviously, tons of attention. We could talk about Lollapalooza for a four-hour show, but what are some of the events happening this month, even next month, or throughout the summer, throughout the city that you're excited about that aren't huge festivals that are on everybody's radars? Because you guys are at a lot of smaller, underground, more niche stuff. I'm excited about Pitchfork. I really am. I mean, yeah. I just shot Holy Ghost and LCD, and it's like, I am ready for that again. That gets my groove on. Our producer Shout out Tessa to the LCD just... publicist who didn't answer my email, let alone to deny my oh, press request. Don't you love that? I'm oh. done being bitter about that. I was bitter about that for two Amy's weeks. good people. My producer, Tessa, who works on the show, was just telling me that we were running through a list of who should we talk to this summer, who should we... And she's like, LCD Sound System. And I'm like, yeah, I think I heard something about that show. Yeah. I think people talked about it a little bit on James Twitter. Murphy might be the coolest guy I've ever seen on stage. It's like hanging out with your drunk uncle. There's no ego there. If that's him playing Kabuki, I'm impressed because there is no gap between him and his audience, man. It's just unbelievable. And I think in a festival circuit, that's going to really jam. I saw him from a mile away at Lala a couple of years ago, and that just mm-hmm. wasn't the same. You know, I actually didn't bite the bull and shell it for Craigslist tickets or anything like that because I was like, you know, I think that I wanted to see him for the first time on that bigger festival stage. Yeah. So mm-hmm. I'm looking forward to that. You guys both, you do different types of sites, but in terms of content, there's a lot of overlap, even if it's delivered differently. Music blogs, event photography sites, how do you see them either locally or nationally evolving right now? Or is there anything that you guys are doing differently with your sites these days where you're trying to go in a different direction or maybe get away from Well, you know, I think I really haven't seen it as much with Chicago nightlife photographers, maybe a little bit with some stuff Clayton's been doing. But I know there's a couple guys up in New York that I'm friends with, Jeff at The Culture of Me and uh, Nikki Digital. They're both their sites are very much like magazines like a webzine of music yeah. and yeah. event photography but there's have sort of yeah, yeah they've always been kind of geared towards that like one side is that they have all these connections in music or that they write about it and then they're going to the same events that they're writing about and taking their own photos well, Nikki's just yeah. a fucking genius I mean his web stuff is he can just put his hands out and magical things happen on his computer <laughs> you know so and I think it's nice to have that aspect of being all-encompassing it definitely allows you to grow your brand there's only so much you can do if you're just gonna stick to writing but I don't know how to do it. Yeah, it's funny. So. We we actually slowed down on writing. Um, yeah, because we saw the way that things were going and Clayton has got now he's got Kyle on his blog and he's got some other people and it's yeah he it's reached awesome. out and to they, me and I just and they're doing you know they're doing film reviews and it's like all right dude you got it man you got it so what we wanted to do is we wanted to go minimal we wanted to keep it clean uh, I've seen it, that on your Tumblr yeah we've kept it really really clean on the Tumblr and you know I don't mind reblogging people now uh, I, I think that everyone's got a voice and if you integrate them then your brand actually spreads even more yeah and the other thing is obviously our, our music player at the bottom of our galleries which most people with 15 inch screens can't see but it's there and those are all conscious selections that we're making, whether they're the artist we shot or something that we feel encompasses what you need to hear that week. And we're trying to avoid overlap between the Tumblr and Demons and just kind of keep both of those going. So You know, I mean, you mentioned getting away from writing and, and really just focusing on what your site is going to be in. My site, ChicagoVersusUnited.com, has had music journalism stuff. It's had a couple different approaches to it. When I originally started it, it was just going to be like my portfolio site. Mm-hmm. Like, 
here's what I've done for other websites. And then I started creating exclusive content. And then I was kind of like, I like doing this more than giving my content to 30 different people. And yeah. now, you know, I, I just got this nine to five. That's kind of an eight week thing right now. It's so hard to find time to write now when you have a nine to five. And I love doing the podcast more than anything. So I'm like, I'm going to stick to the podcast. If I have time for other things, but it is hard to find the time to put so much content on your site. I guess it's been a very huge challenge for me in the past few months. I launched about right before South by Southwest. I launched with a partner named Will mm -hmm. Hines. His name's Will Hines. It was in London. A site called Strangers in Stereo, which is a global music blog collective. We spent several, several months building out the design they firm. They have a cool logo too. Yeah. And so he's the publisher and then I'm the editor in chief. So we have about 20, we have 20 blogs on board and we kind of aggregate select posts from their content. And then now myself and Will have been writing some original content and I've just uh, put out a call for writers on Friday and getting ready to bring a bunch of people on board to sort of build the editorial side and doing that. And you can imagine it's like trying to sit down and think that I have to put something on cream team each day or two things because people are reading it. <laughs> and then I, I work during the day yeah, at an ad work. agency. So, yeah. you know, Good I mean, luck. I'm, you know, it, it gets very <laughs> difficult. It's been a huge challenge. I mean, I'm, I hope that I'm keeping up, I'm keeping up, but like, you know, and it's hard to have sometimes to have the enthusiasm to be like, Oh, now I want to go see a show tonight. But when am I going to write it up? Because I have to be up at 6am to do this other thing before I can go to work for eight hours. Deadlines <laughs> suck. I'm such a perfectionist that I almost like, I'm almost like, I don't want to put anything on the site if I don't have the time to do it right. And then I like check my updates and I'm like, I haven't put anything up here in a month. Yeah. And it's scary. Mm -hmm. You know, so in that respect, I feel like, and you know, whereas like you might be trying to grow a certain side or brand of your site, Cream Team for me right now, and in, in a way it's going back to what I originally wanted it to be in that I'm not really trying to build it into a bigger brand. I really just want it to be an escape from the other things I do, I guess yeah. is how I would best explain it. The way I keep up finding the time to keep doing doing that instead of just being like instead of being like these other sites are more important there I, I just keep the fire going by trying to find new bands acts people wouldn't necessarily know about whether they're local or you know I have like word docs where I just write down MySpace yep. and SoundCloud URLs and sometimes I don't always get to them but uh, you know it's constantly updating and just kind of that passion for finding new artists and exposing them is sort of what cream team is now and what I hope to keep going and how I hope to keep the fire going for it well it's like I've already got literally through the beginning of September the whole guest list mapped out of who I'd like to book on this podcast if if everyone is available if we get into everything and it's like that's just been going through all the sites and just been like that's coming up i want to be a part of that i want to like talk to these people but yeah it's total passion play because it takes a lot of your time just to do anything creative and to do it well well art and commerce is always a hard marriage you know and that's what we find i mean some people are like god you haven't had any content on you for 10 days i'm like dude you have no idea what we're trying to find you know i mean yeah. in terms of what we're trying to offer that's different or uh, yeah you don't want to just go cover anything no i don't want to, i just want to put up crap you know i mean yeah. i I could do that. You know, we've had offers from like people saying, Hey, can we buy a gallery? I'm like, no, no, you can't. I'm sorry. Because it just doesn't fit into one who we think our readers are mm -hmm. and two, uh, aesthetically into the, our mind's eye. Yeah. Both your sites, I think do a really good job of knowing the voice, knowing who's coming to your site, knowing what you want to capture and put out there. And so last time I talked to you guys on separate podcasts, we just, we talked a lot about the search for legitimacy and how the, the curve is it's coming where blogs, are going to end up being more important than kind of established old media. It's not here yet. What's a newspaper? Yeah, exactly. <laughs> but it, it's coming and I really see you guys being at the forefront of that in Chicago, you well, know, as you. things really get to that point. And I think it's going to 
and I said this before, but it's going to get to a point where Lollapalooza isn't cherry picking blogs, where those are going to be the people who are at the forefront of the guest list or the or the press credentials, or at least I'm hoping. I think I think we should shed a little light on just the press credentials of Lollapalooza in general. There is some uh, coal underneath that rainbow too. I mean, it's a pretty big mess that C3 should probably fix in the next couple of years. They've actually gone to the point where they corralled them so hard that you can't even get onto the grounds from the press tents. Uh, oh, you yeah. You actually have to go around, be escorted by security, all, all sorts of weird stuff. Around. It's not that glamorous, kids. Well, it's like... <laughs> it is, but it isn't. You know, it's like there's a lot of glory, of fortune and glory, but at the same time... The kids who were... You're um, going to be drinking vegan milk. <laughs> it was last year, and some kids were running across the street, leaping the fence, and they ended up in the press area, yeah. and um, <laughs> then they didn't know where to go, and someone's like, fuck, they, they picked the wrong the place wrong to place. land. It's the one place you can't get into the ground. Yeah, it's like you're just stuck <laughs> more so. Well, and I think that... So they just because you get your press credentials, you know, it's nice because you don't have to pay. But it's not oh, like yeah. you're getting anything. You're not guaranteed any kind of interviews. You're right. not for photographers. Like if you're trying to photograph the headliners, those lists are locked down. They're I know really that short. there are certain. I know There's Chicago no last year was not able to photograph a couple acts they wanted to, despite having it's like a separate well, sub Tool list didn't off let the anyone list. Shoot them, so well, to be like, fair, at least that goes along with Tool's entire everything. Yeah. Tool's never really been about Getting letting anyone your, do anything yeah. to them for any reason. I'm surprised that they put records out. Yeah. I I think if Tool had their <laughs> they just way... just put out a 60-minute disc of white noise. <laughs> they would just they would jam in the studio, go, we know this is good. No one else deserves to hear it. <laughs> Not even white noise, just silence. Yeah. <laughs> Final question, favorite places to be out in the city these days, like when you're not working or even when you are? I still like going to Empty Bottle. It's near my house. I know that I can, you know, they have the free shows on Monday night. There's all manner of every kind of acts. And as much as I don't necessarily love listening to electronic music there, now that you're sort of forced to, it just adds one more genre. You can really hear any genre act there. there. Yeah, On any night, you know, you can go one night for metal night, one night for a DJ, one night for some lo-fi rock band. It's just a great spot. I like to go to Rodan. And I a lot of times just sit in my house with my dog because I'm tired. Because <laughs> <laughs> you're doing 30 things. Yeah. Yeah, I have quit drinking since our last podcast, so my nights out are selected by elements of music and note sports on TVs, so yeah. it's kind of limited. We've been spending a lot of time at Shady Lady, actually, down next to Angels and Kings. I uh, love that place. Because it's got decent food, it's got Fellini on the televisions, and it's got great music. And our friends work there, and there's lots of tattoos, so it's like... And the basement, I think I was talking to Greg Corner about this name drop. Yeah, for sure. Yeah, it, the basement is like your friend in high school who's rich and his yeah. parents are out of town and a terrible decorator right and they have the, the party in the basement and you're down there it's, and you're it's like a little british village or Irish yeah. village yeah oh it's great yeah we really enjoy going down there it's like it feels like a home yeah, yeah i dig that spot yeah, so we've been spending a lot of time there. Um, Debonair, Big Star, obviously, because mm-hmm. it's summertime. And Big then, Star's good. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. People who want to find Lollapalooza pre coverage, Lollapalooza coverage, post coverage, whatever you guys are doing, what are the sites they need to hit? What are the URLs? Creamteam.tv. Well, yes. not quite. Not.com. <laughs> um, well, actually, the stuff that I'll be doing for Lollapalooza, as well as the other local bloggers and the people who've already been sort of doing it that I've mentioned, it's all on their website. They have like a little news sidebar where you can click. I'm not sure if it's more than one a day, but it's it's kind of like every day they'll have a feature. So that is all on their actual website. And then I believe we'll be reposting the things that we actually write, but that won't obviously be everyone's sure. coverage. Hopefully if we get our press credentials, we'll be covering it on the site itself day by day.
by day while we're there. Fantastic. And then uh, we've been we haven't been consistent with this, but we're going to be doing just old Lollapalooza reportage, you know, reportage uh, like old pictures that we think are the best on the Tumblr, mm-hmm. and then also do three one two is doing ticket giveaways and obviously keep coming back to there for the coverage and the updates of what they're doing. That's I awesome. Think, yeah, yeah. I think at uh, Chicago versus United, as we get closer, I'm going to post some old interviews I've done with local artists at Lollapalooza prior to Lollapalooza. Uh, oh, that's great. Put Internet Kid Sister Holt Mano, you know, Hey Champ, all mm-hmm. these people. Tyler, Veronica, thank you guys so much for both for coming, and I'm sure we'll get you in both again, maybe before Lollapalooza or something like that, or thank maybe you so after. Much. Thank you. Absolutely. This has been the season three premiere of the Chicago vs. United audio podcast, Your Chicago Scene Salvation. Thanks to Veronica Murtaugh of CreamTeam.tv and Tyler Curtis of DarkroomDemons.com for coming on the show this week, and thanks to Doug McBride and Matt Opal of the show's new recording home, Chicago's esteemed Gravity Studios, for having us all in tonight. You can find them online at gravitystudios.com. Also, thanks to my producers Tessa and Juliana and audio producer Layla Royale for their work on the show. You can download and stream past episodes of this podcast at chicagoverseunited.com, including interviews with Kilhanna, Flostradamus, Lily Joy, Matt Roan, Hood Internet, and many, many more. And be sure to check out the Chicago vs. United sister podcast, The Ministry of the Dynasty, Your Pop Love Prophecy, at theministryofthedynasty.com. Or become a fan of both Dynasty podcasts at facebook.com slash dynasty podcasts. For the Dynamic Dynasty, my name is Jaima Black, Dynasty Descent.